Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time in Mon Iruk the Yen of Chacht Erechor. Agasuligum a Makan Shaw, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfin. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nachvetok, Ara, Igornamion, and Kestin Echo. Vientolum again omgrev or corn rachtum. Yatakshatorin Graven or Corson, Elistuhalagus Gimina Fracht, Gorokligs or Dukashin Echor. Only Venown, Thordorakshin. Shachten. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. Hi, welcome to The Big Tech Show with me, Adrian Weckler, technology editor of the Irish and Sunday Independent. We're going to talk about plane technology and all sorts of stuff today because we have John Hurley, who's the chief technology officer with Ryanair. Uh, in studio uh, with us today and also Fergal O'Connor who's the Deputy Business Editor of the Sunday Independent. You're both very welcome to the show today. Uh, John, are we ever going to see Wi-Fi and Ryanair flights? You will. One surprise is right. Okay. Okay, the current problems that we have is air to ground does not work over the sea. Yeah. So RSUK is not going to work. Oh, hold on, I, if I'm on an Aer Lingus flight to the States, it's, yes. uh, to US, that seems yeah. to work. It's, now, it's not brilliant. but They're using satellite. They're ah. going upwards. Ah, right. Okay. Um, that technology is quite expensive. It requires mm. a satellite dish, which actually increased the drag of an aircraft by 2%. When you have a 2 billion euro fuel with every annum, that's quite expensive, very, very fast. Ah, okay. Low cost organization, someone's going to yeah. pay for it. And customers don't want it. So in theory, then, if the price, if people were pre- willing to pay uh, a premium enough price, it might make sense. Is that Correct, right? yes. Matt's own stock up at the moment. Okay. Bear in mind, majority of our flights are an hour and a half. So who's going to, you will survive an hour and a half, Adrian, no matter how important technology Well, is. I personally won't, but that's another surprised. You'd be surprised. Yeah. No, but seriously, with the likes of, we've seen as well too, with the likes of Spotify and Netflix, mm. people download their music, their movies, you know, they actually can survive, you'd be surprised. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, uh, although sometimes in the States, I take JetBlue flights. Yes. And they have a really quite a good in-flight. They're energy. air to ground. Oh, that's air to ground. US is no problem. GoGo provide that in the US and they have no issue. Air gotcha. to ground everywhere. And yeah. Because you, you, you go on and they'll provide it on your phone or your tablet yeah. and you can watch movies and shows. Yeah, it's actually sponsored by, I believe, by Amazon. They actually pay for all the technology. Ah. So it's no cost to the end user. Okay. So just, well, Europe's a big place, isn't it? The only sea really is around Britain and Ireland, right? Well, there's the it's Mediterranean. Um, the Mediterranean, also like, like Scandinavia. Yeah. A lot of water up there as well too. And the other problem we have there too, Ian, you went air to ground all the providers we have. Okay. You know, you've got different countries, different regulations, different... So it's just too hurdles. busy. Yes. Right. It will get solved. Satellite will solve the issue. Mm-hmm. They talk about actually building the um, satellite into the shell of the aircraft. Mm-hmm. The drag goes away and the problem will resolve. It will get there over time. Yeah. And how much does the drag add, add to the cost of uh, a flight, say, uh, across Europe? Well, the easy maths are 2%, over mm-hmm. 2 billion fu- fuel bill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're into the millions. Yeah, to the millions. Yeah, 40 odd million, if I yeah. get the maths correct. And I suppose Ryanair put in those wing, the, the fancy wingtips. You were one of the first airlines to do that, to, to go the opposite way. Correct, to, yeah. to reduce drag. And that's what we're all about. It's all about the lowest possible price to yeah. give it pass on to the customers. So we suddenly started adding a premium of one euro per, per passenger to pay for Wi Fi. So we covered the cost. We wouldn't be long getting ourselves 
the negative yeah, feedback yeah. that we don't want to have. Yeah. Yeah. Am I? Did I? Do I remember that you used to be able to make? There was a a, a plan to allow people to use their phones to yes, make calls. Yes, that did happen. That did happen. It happened. Yeah. Certain aircrafts got got kitted out with it. It was mm. quite expensive, mm. and discovered no one wanted to use it. Do you know what? Yeah. I'm not surprised. I I mean, I might want to use it, but it'd be a royal pain in the neck to be sitting in front of somebody who's just blabbing on their phone. Yeah. Or yeah. is that is that very antisocial? Uh, no, I don't think so. I, I flew to the States recently and um, I used Stitcher for podcasts mm -hmm. and uh, I could download a flight's worth of podcasts and just sit back and listen. Mm -hmm. And it's actually yeah. sometimes nice to get away from Although having said that, I flew to London yesterday for, uh, for an Apple event. Actually, we might, we might talk about that a little bit later on because I have some unwrapped Apple gadgets uh, in front of me. Exciting. So if things, you know, if we go off the boil a bit, you know, we can... We can do uh, uh, an audio unboxing. But I was sitting in, in this, the guy, two guys sitting behind me had heavy loud accents of the whole plane. It was kind of, people were sleepy on the plane, but all we heard, and, they, and then I said to him, <laughs> well, look, would you ever get the car out of the way? And it was probably, I actually would have taken a phone call instead, instead of that particular thing. It's kind of the, the, the oral equivalent of somebody kicking you in the seat, yeah. you know, yeah. behind you. But um, but anyway, so so that that may or may not happen uh, at some point. What about um, you're in charge of technology at Ryanair, right? Yes. You're the chief technology officer. So um, one common theme that many big companies are asked when it comes to tech is the ups and downs of centralizing and technology and moving to 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 you know big systems. I mean, this week, uh, last week, we saw. There was an issue with the Euro control system, I think. Happened where, yesterday. It happened yesterday, yeah. yeah. So, and a number of flights were affected there. Is that a common problem or threat or downside that we're going to see going forward? Or or is that kind of rare? From my experience in the last three and a half years, it's kind of rare. Mm -hmm. They're pretty good systems, especially Euro control. They're, they have lots of redundancy, lots of yeah. failover. I'm surprised it happened. I'm looking forward to, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing it actually did happen. Yeah. Some, some system failure happened at some level. It stopped all the um, flight plans getting loaded into the systems, so pilots didn't mm -hmm. know where, how to fly the actual route. And when that actually happens, it seems to me, just looking from the outside, that, and you correct me if I'm wrong, <coughs> yeah. that there probably are a group of maybe eight people who kind of know really what's going on, and the rest of us, including airlines, passengers, don't really have much of a clue what's actually happening. I mean, is that is that? Yeah, that's fair. I don't know if it's eight or eighty. I yeah, the actual number yeah. it is a small core system. They have to be able to accept the in this case the flight plans and mm -hmm. confirm they're legitimate. And if they can't do that, we can't fly. It's yeah. in the aviation industry. It's always safety first. If in doubt, you don't fly. Right. And that's how it goes. Air traffic controller probably haven't had these issues, but it could have similar issues. Mm -hmm. After victims of cyber attack or cyber crime, that would do it, and that would systems aren't there, mm -hmm. you simply can't fly. Mm -hmm. I have to say that uh, I, I always get a little bit concerned about that. I, I, I'm sure you're aware of the remote air traffic control systems that are starting to come in. I think in Scandinavia and the IAA may be bringing them in. Are we, is the technology keeping up fast enough that we could go remote in and, and be safe and happy yeah. to do that? It, for commercial aviation, I don't think so. Yeah. It's it's a very safety force, it's very heavily regulated, very slow moving, changing. There isn't like safety flying has gone very, very safe in the last decade. So don't fix what's not broken. Yeah. And that's been the mantra and that's how they, that's how they've been going. I could see the likes of drones 
potentially eventually doing um, freight flights, maybe mm-hmm. not the large ones over time. Just to be clear, we're yeah. talking about essentially pilotless planes. Is that what you're talking about? No, this is where Probably air traffic more. control, uh, you would you control one airport from a, a, an entirely different location ah. and they have uh, a, a huge big circular screen in yes, the room. Sorry. It's mm, really yeah. impressive. Uh, mm. And it's all done through cameras and, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, digital uplinks and, and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But when you when you then hear about issues with Eurocontrol and technology issues, it just makes me wonder how far can we actually push that type of a system? It's a great question. Um, without thinking it through properly, if it was a failure, you wouldn't be, ATC wouldn't work that day. Yeah. But knowing the aviation industry, there's always a failover plan. Like even for us, we fill over the papers always two, three levels of failover for everything yeah. to make sure we were done in the system. So I'm very surprised if the if IA and the AC, it, air traffic control haven't actually figured that out. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. that must be very different. You you come from a technology background. There's, it's a very different culture to tech maybe where it's all about fail and learn fail from fast, your... Yeah. Fail fast, learn from your mistakes. Oh uh, my God. The, I mean, the, that's, imagine that's, that. Yeah. terrifying concept <laughs> it is. when airplanes. Yeah. It is. You, you don't put Mark Zuckerberg in, you know, in charge yeah, of an airline. No. You don't. What's interesting, actually, what we do is it's two hats on. It's dichotomy. Obviously, every new DAV operations, it's no failure, triple redundancy. Everything has to work every single time. But our website has to be built in that model then, which is fail quick and fail fast. We're yeah. doing multiple releases every day. Mm-hmm. We're always learning from user interactivity if it worked, right. didn't work. What what failed, what improved ancillary revenue. So that's it's it's two hats at all times. Mm-hmm. How do you explain that to your aviation colleagues? Is there does that create a kind of a there's two cultures within the same building that and you're you're sometimes by necessity have to be at odds with each other. It's interesting. Um, I suppose it's the company split from my perspective in two hours as the marketing department, which work very closely with us for the website, what it does. They get it. They want change. They yeah. want to go faster, go quicker. And the rest of the um, industry is very, very cautious, very, very safety first. And if they could use a pen and paper over a laptop, they'd be much happier yeah. because it yeah. hasn't broken and keep repeating those ways. So the, the two cultures don't actually overlap only in IT. Yeah. And you got, you know, for the website, it's all about Scrum, Agile, mm. multiple changes, and they fit in lovely to the marketing vision. RFRS is regulated and we get, we know the IA come in the order what we do. So we've got these processes and, and we follow them. Um, I think definitely the grass is greener. Yeah. The guys in the regulation side want to be doing, want to be fast and free. And the guys mm-hmm. who are fast and free would love a bit of sanity. Yeah. And What about those two guys who set up the first uh, Ryanair website? 18 uh, years ago, yeah. Yeah, 18 years yeah. ago. Um, like, is there some sort of plaque or something up in, uh, <laughs> in Swords uh, to them? Or, or like, do they... I just, the impression given is that that was just a gig for them and they turned up and they did it and then that was that was fine and they haven't really engaged. Is that right? Is That's it? correct, yeah. Okay. No, they've both been very successful since. I've met them. They're mm-hmm. great guys. But yeah, it was, a, it was a gig. It actually wasn't Ryanair, just the future whole world is e-commerce. It was a mm-hmm. case where we're out the travel agents. They were overcharging mm-hmm. us fees. Mm-hmm. And to show that we go independent, we got the students in, they built it. Over the Easter holidays in Leavenstreet, which is mm-hmm. insane. I have a son at the moment doing Leavenstreet. He's hardly allowed to leave the house. He's so busy studying. Um, they did all that. Um, everybody laughed. Ministry laughed, going, you're idiots. Journalists were saying it'll never take off. You have to mm-hmm. use a travel agency. I think about three months there doing 50,000 bookings a week. And the me- I remember at the born. time the yeah. media um, liked to just poke fun at it. Because I remember yeah. being brought in to Today FM with Matt Cooper. Uh, probably mm, early 2000s. It was a couple of years after that. But the theme was supposed to be, and I remember actually debating with Michael O'Leary on on the air um, about 
the Ryanair website and it was still a bit it was still a bit rough in a, in a few areas mm-hmm. and the item was on the areas in which it was rough and um he he didn't lose it but he he was he was very robust in his in his his defense uh, of the website but that the whole the whole um theme at the time seemed to be look just just get things moving just get it done now it seems to be that uh, Ryanair is getting a little bit more sophisticated wants to be you know the the Amazon uh, of uh, of of travel and all these like I, I was saying to you before the podcast started I'm actually flying with Ryanair this Friday to beautiful Leeds in uh, Leeds Bradford airport and um, when I tried to check in there's probably about seven or eight screens, uh, you know, kind of offering me various, products. yeah, various products, various services. But it seems to be kind of a lot more polished, a lot more sophisticated now. And um, so, where where is that balance, that sensibility between no, 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 we're a budget uh, operation, and we're going to show you we're a budget operation. We're going to have this kind of fairly basic font, and no, we're actually a really sophisticated back end kind of technology operation. I suspect I know what you'll say, what your answer is to that. But where, where's what the sense? You're going to say the latter. You're going to say, no, 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 we're Europe's leading website and we're the, all the rest. But actually... I'll try to answer differently, yeah. Sodden. Okay, I suppose, yes, we got the e-commerce bit going, not because we're visionaries and e-commerce is the future. It was more to a row. Mm. Cut the middlemen out, get rid of, the, get rid of them. Um, and then we're always a low-cost airline first. So if you can cut costs, you cut costs. Safety's never touched, but everything else, if you can cut it out, cut it out. And that's the website was for the next 15 years or 14 years. It was crude, it was rudimentary. Things went up there purely because if we can sell it, make it there, make it flash. The more clicks people click through, the more chance you have of getting eyeballs on something that might sell. And just, it was kind of more of a throw it up and see, and see what happens. Um, three and a half years ago, Michael and the team had a, imagine had a serious relook at it. And they took technology seriously in sub labs, Ryanair Labs. I heard a CTO, mm. that's the role I'm currently in. And the vision is to kind of make us a digital footprint, mm-hmm. the Amazon travel, and make it a pleasant place to come to with the idea that if it's nicer, we still have the great prices. Mm-hmm. Enjoy Leeds, you won't get a better deal anywhere, anywhere else. Um, but, <laughs> but now, I don't what think I, I can fly with anyone else, can I? Does probably, anyone else go to Leeds? Can't. Uh, no. <laughs> I know our lingus used to, but I don't yeah, Maybe, don't maybe you pushed do. them off that route too, did you? Well, Customers pushed them off. They're welcome. To oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and the other thing, customers want to overpay. They're welcome. To, but sorry, but the technology's front end was yeah. It was put that to centre, made that go first, and it's been phenomenal success for us. Mm-hmm. And it is like that. So we're now selling the product at insanely cheap fares, but at the same time, all the ancillaries come after. It's like, do you want a reserve seat? Do you want priority boarding? Mm-hmm. Do you want the bag? We've always had that model message where it's you know it's debundled and you had everything back and everything you want afterwards. But we never had a good way of giving that to the customer on the website. It was more torture than it was actually so a experience. So taking that to its logical evolution, yeah. um, like how long is it going to be before we see proper business class perks? I remember Michael used to, I mean, he, he used to, in the spirit of the, the corporate culture of the time, be very disparaging about business class and you know why do you need all these perks and now you know 2018 we're we're in a different maybe in a different space i mean is that is that the direction that Ryanair is just is, is no we will going never in? go that direction no we okay. will obviously have business, business customers we believe about 21 percent of our passengers are business but they're smart business people people understand the value of money they will care about you know they don't want to care checking a big bag in they want to be off the aircraft quickly mm-hmm. they want to sit near the front of the aircraft they want maybe flexibility coming back that day that's all they need like Dublin to Leeds what's that going to be an hour less 40 minutes yeah. you don't really need a minutes. G&T in 45 minutes do you you well, survive really. what time of the day it is, be yeah. nice but um, and it's all about the low cost the, the tier here is our average fare is 40 odd euros 
everybody gets access to. If you want to layer down extras on top, you can still buy G&T in our flight. Mm -hmm. It just costs you. Another 40 euro. No, I'm not, not quite. 40 euro, but yeah. You've done it a different way as well, haven't you, in the sense that um, you're not adding luxury into the aircraft, but you are flying into Charles de Gaulle now. And, and More business oh, do they? Do they? Not Charles yeah. de Gaulle. Not that one. Not Charles de Gaulle. No, we're, we're, we're into Frankfurt. Frank we're into... That's probably the biggest, one of the big ones we're into, obviously, Berlin. A lot of business. business oh, I thought you were mm. going into. But you are going into uh, bigger airports. We are. Uh, where you can connect as well with other airlines. That um, is correct, yes, yeah. yeah. So we, we, we are, sorry. Charles Gaulle is one we've actually mentioned in, media in the past. You are correct in that. And we'll get there eventually someday. It's all about the landing charges, the yeah. price. By the way, the Charles Gaulle, what a nightmare of an airport. Yeah. Yes. I was there two weeks ago for another, for another thing. And, oh, my God, it's like some sort of... 60s industrial concrete dysto dystopian nightmare. Yeah, you're walking yeah. down these the satellites. Yeah. It is actually like yeah. a nightmare. It's like you're kind of on acid or something. You know, yeah. going down those conveyor belts yeah. into these tunnels. You've no idea where they're going because it has this the way the tunnel slants sort of, and you you're trying to well, where am I going here? Yeah. What well, uh, on on the the whole Amazon of travel thing and you know upselling to passengers. Yep. Um, I'm sure you recall, maybe maybe not. you don't really want to put this the seat allocation around. Yes, yeah. Was, that always struck me that um, what was happening there was that you were, you were pushing uh, towards having different types of products and that was one that you just pushed a little bit too far and that your passengers weren't really ready for. I think, yes, we could have actually call it out, explain it better to customers day one. That was that was a mistake. But the reality is, is it was always going to happen. Our aircraft's getting fuller and fuller. When I joined in eight, um, five years or four years ago, it was about 82% of airplanes are full. It's now 95%. That's on average, which means most for flights, unless you're maybe Leeds be different, might be a few free seats. But that means London, Dublin is more 100% full. Jammed. It's jammers. Yeah. We've learned through digital and data that people actually want to buy um, window seats. So we window seats. Window seats. They want oh. window seats. They want oil seats. So what we do is we hang on to those at the last possible moment. So a guy comes in late, does a booking. He wants a nice seat that's available for him. So that's why the, the, the bees, yeah, the middle aisle bees, they were filling up first. That's what people were experiencing. So that's what all happened was the algorithm started to calm down for people's desires. If you wanted a window seat, you could have it. If you didn't want the middle seat, you're always welcome to pay for a seat. If you want a free seat, there's no problem. But that's where you'll be allocated. Okay, that's interesting. I didn't realize that. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. I always want a window or an aisle seat. Yeah. Yeah, but I suppose what the, the yeah. problem that you faced was that Ryanair always had a simplicity about it, and you were adding complexity to the model. That is true. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it it strikes. But, but bear in mind, though, to be fair, though, before we brought in reserve seats and seat numbers, it was charged light brigade getting onto the aircraft. Yeah, you ran on very first true. on, so it's a huge improvement actually giving people allocation. Yeah, it calmed people down, people got on much more. So it was going to evolution, it's going to happen anyway. Yeah, like, name an airline out there doesn't actually have reserve seats in you. Yeah, you, you a lot of people you want. Uh, actually used Ryanair flights as part of their weekly exercise uh, quotient <laughs> because you would actually have to stand there for 40 minutes, you know, which is in theory good for you. Yeah. Um, maybe not good for your stress, but it's certainly good for your glutes yeah. and your your calves and you know and and, and other things like that. Um, and carrying a twenty kg bag and pretending it's ten. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's ever done that, John. Um, and then in flight as well. This is probably not not your area, but one thing I have always been fascinated by is the science of the music and the audio and the tones and the announcements. First of all, is there a rule that it has to be a Scottish accent that, uh, <laughs> that tells you where you are or you're on time uh, or, 
you know, uh, or is that? You're right, it's not my area of expertise, but there, right. are, there are no rules. I'd be surprised um, if it was. But yeah. yeah. Uh, and then the trumpet sounds as well. Is, 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 are this, That's this, gone, isn't it? It's not still there. The trumpet sounds. We have well, I thought that was swept away in the always getting better program. We have quite flights, which you probably have seen early in the morning, uh -huh. late at night. We don't try to overly annoy people with yeah, that. Uh -huh. But it still is there, yes, yeah. yeah. And that's, the time. I've always thought that's just the wake up. Come on, the flight's over, you know, get off the plane. You know, yeah. uh, we've got to turn this around. I mean, business is business, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 10 minute turnaround. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, no, it's actually 20 minutes. 20. Yeah. No, it's insulating. It's incredible what they yeah. do. And the whole model is the efficiency turnaround. The more times the airplane flies, yeah. the cheaper the costs. Yeah. And everybody benefits from that. That's the efficiency for it. And you have, I have a figure here. I looked it up before. I uh, Is 26 million people in Europe using the app now? Is that right? 26 million downloads, yes. 26 million downloads, yes. I see. Uh, actively a month, it's about 5 to 6 million active monthly users. Gotcha. And we see it growing maybe has almost 20% every month. It's mm -hmm. growing quite significantly, actually. Is and it possible? Sorry, go on. Go on. As we leave bigger end of summer, more and more people are using for boarding passes. You have right. it there, you can check in, not worry anymore about did the printer not work, did I forget them? Yeah. You, who forgets their phone? No. And your boarding pass is there. So. Although I think you have to, isn't it you, two hours or something beforehand? It, there's a time limit beforehand that you, you're not, after which you're not allowed Correct. to check, check in. I was caught by that once. Was, I think and the price is now 55 euro, I think. It used to be 40 or 45 euro. I think it's 55 It's 110, euro I think. It's down to 55. Huh? I think it's gone from 110 to 55. Oh, has it? I think it has, yeah. yeah. Okay. I see JetBlue are bringing in a system where... Uh, it's a test at the moment in one or two airports, but you literally walk up to a camera, it takes a shot of your face and it recognises you from, uh, I, I presume, your passport or some information that's uploaded previously and you just walk straight through and it makes for a very seamless... That's an interesting mm. concept because say, you, I'm not being facetious here, but say it's Movember, right? And say you've got your moustache yeah. on or say you it's have Monday a, morning a, bad, just, a bad hangover, yeah. you're wearing your shades, okay, you have to take your glasses off. That's not a good example. Or you haven't slept in 24 hours or something like that and you're a bit droopy or you've been put on your, your cream. Like, um, if cameras on the likes of the iPhone 10, the iPhone X, they take a photo of you every time you use it and that uses the last image of you in the database. So I would have thought that the technology there for that kind of a system is a little more vulnerable to mistakes or has a higher error? I mean, maybe not if JetBlue yeah. were using it. No, well, I think they're trialing it, yeah. They're trialing it, it yes. yeah. They're not using it extensively yet, but they definitely are trialing mm. it. Yeah. But you must bear in mind, JetBlue fly primarily in the US, US mm. to US. There's no immigration issues, concerns, etc. Right. that we'd be privy to in, in Europe. But to value the point though, that, um, my passport's nine years old. Mm. I didn't have a beard nine years old. I look totally mm -hmm. different. Yeah, and yeah. people are checking all the time. They're looking; at it. it's a glance. So I think technology is definitely better than mm -hmm. someone glancing at something. Yeah. it will it will improve, and we'll we will go there. First, mm -hmm. biometrics, fingerprints, lots of other ways of determining who a person is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Where are you in other types of technology, like uh, voice technology, for example? Um, we've released an app on Alexa. Okay. Um, oh, that's right. You were yeah. one of the launch partners. Yes, yeah. For the Alexa skills. Oh, sorry, we shouldn't say Alexa. Don't say sorry. I said it again. Um, <laughs> just say the A word because, you know, we've Bruce. said it on this podcast before with the Amazon Echo. If you say the A word, if you're listening to this podcast out loud in a kitchen, you've got an Amazon Echo in the room, it will activate itself. That's why like, they're starting to laugh uncontrollably in houses. Uh, yeah, the, 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 not, not, not for that reason, not in this podcast, yeah. but, but yes, it did, it did do that. Um, it's the same reason for... Okay, 
G-O-O-G-L-E. I'm not going to say the word. Or hey, S-I-R-I. Yeah. You just, it's just a rule that you just can't say. But sorry, you were saying anyway. Yeah, we do have it at home. My kids find it hilarious. They love mm-hmm. the A application. Um, yeah, listen, I don't want to say... So what can you do, sorry, what can you do not, with that with Ryanair? At the moment, you can go um, F4, 1, 2, 3. Is it on time? Gotcha. It takes you okay. straight back. But you're not A-tay, booking a flight. Not booking flight yet. Yeah, just give you flight information. So personally, I think it's gimmicky and a lot way to go yet. So, you know, mm-hmm. all the... I'm running flights from Dublin to London on mm-hmm. next Tuesday. Yeah. It'll call 14 to mouth for you. You might fall asleep before you get to the end. Mm-hmm. Like people can read much faster mm-hmm. than they can listen. So it has to get the right medium. So the um, the show product, brother, I think is actually much better. We've an app on that as well, too. So you, oh, So okay. you see the yeah. all 14 of them. And you're immediately and you're mm-hmm. interacting with the, the last one rather than listening through all 14. Yeah. What, are, what are the and technical the right hurdles to, for example, checking in using voice? Checking in, it's actually it's the technical hurdles on our side is actually making the our my Ryanair login integrated into into the system. Right. Because in my Ryanair, we have your credit card details, we mm-hmm. have the information we need. Mm-hmm. So as long as those two are talking, mm-hmm. recognize the voice. So your Amazon account, which your yeah. product will have, recognize it, look, hook those up and there'd be no problem mm-hmm. whatsoever. Okay, so... That, I mean, we, we yeah. could, then why can't we, we could see that then in the future? Oh, you'll have it in the future, yes. You'll have it probably next 12, 18 months. It's down to, in Ryanair's case, prioritizing top of a roadmap and making that a product. Got it. Now, why haven't we prioritized it? Yes, yet the same reason we didn't come out fast with a, an, I, an iPhone watch um, boarding pass. Mm-hmm. There's no market penetration yet. Once we get to the point where we feel a lot of you know, fuses have a mm-hmm. product like that or similar products, we then immediately start integrating Oh, so, yeah, okay, and... It's a gimmick at the moment, sorry. Gimmick is the wrong word. It's... Yeah. Um, Oh, it's, it's the best-selling, yeah. it's the biggest, I think Apple now sells more Apple Watches than any other manufacturer in the world, so it's not, yes. but you're saying that, yeah, it's still only, what, 1% or 2% Correct. of your customers, but does that, but but you will have an Apple Watch. Oh, we do have one now, you do have sorry, one now. when it launched day one, we were not the first airline out right. there, JetBlue probably was, I mm-hmm. yeah. were out mm-hmm. there, we sat back going, you know, no one has them yet, mm-hmm. wait till the market penetrates, you, you can know your boarding pass on though, okay. I think that's not an issue, but, and the same with the, that product begins with A. Um, mm-hmm. We'll wait until stuff homes have it. Mm-hmm. I know people are using it, and then we'll integrate with it. Mm-hmm. How do you convince a no-nonsense, famously no-nonsense guy like Michael O'Leary to let you sit around and play with all this mm-hmm. fancy tech and fun gadgets? Mm-hmm. Um, as long as you can show us a business relevance here, a yeah. business revenue, this direction is going. To be fair, he's very impressed with what's happened in the last three years. Like The website's unrecognizable. We did our boarding, our mobile app three, four years ago, and we charge you to download it and use it. Mm-hmm. It crashed one or five times you opened it up. It was, mm-hmm. was, there a journey, was there a journey there for him? I, I obviously, you yeah. can't speak for him, but was he He came up through it. He's, he's an accountant. He, you know, he created this absolutely pared back model of an airline which swept the boards in Europe. Mm-hmm. And now you guys are coming in behind him, bringing in all this and I suppose we talked about adding complexity to the model earlier on. So that must have been a journey for him to allow that to happen. It was a journey. The journey was actually before my time. So mm-hmm. I can go with folklore more than anything else. It would have been like that. Um, 2013, we had two profit warnings in a row. Yeah. The company sat back, had a look and discovered that we, although we had the cheapest prices out there, people were still happier to spend 20 euros to travel with Aer Lingus or with EasyJet. Mm-hmm. And why? A lot of soul searching. One of the feedbacks was we had better, need a better customer experience mm-hmm. and we need a better digital platform mm-hmm. integration. And how he measures it now, but he's an accountant, he measures it by ancillary sales, yeah. bookings, etc. how much have, have they improved by and they've been improved mm-hmm. by a lot. They're going to have 138 million passengers in this in the next 12 months on the system. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Two and a half million people come to the website every day. 
like it has to be top notch. It has so to work. Thirty eight million who come through digitally. Is there anyone who comes through non digitally anymore? Analog. Is there any such thing as a travel agent anymore for for Ryanair? For Ryanair, no. No. We do get some um, group bookings which will come through. Phone. They're talking point zero 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 one percent. It'll be right. noticed. So makes a phone Is call. Is that like the Lord's crowd? Or that kind of idea, yeah. yeah. Or a school, maybe. For example, we do a school tour. Oh. 30 odd students. It'd be very hard to book that on the website because, you know, you, it's mm-hmm. too, too cumbersome to me. Passports integrated. Mm-hmm. You'd be on it for, mm-hmm. forever. So we have that service. Um, we are in with the GDSs. That was kind of more to support the business travelers. Some business people like want to travel with Ryanair because they're fabulous punctuality, etc. Not smiling. We're <laughs> smiling now. They want to travel with us, but they can't because they're at least corporates. You have to book through the corporate system. Mm-hmm. If you're not available on that system, well, they're not not a book with us. So we are in in the GDSs, but it's less than a percent. It's tiny. The majority mm-hmm. of our traffic, the vast majority, is coming through. Sure. Yeah. Website. Website and mobile. Mobile devices now are over fifty percent of our traffic. Yeah, but mobile, like people, I mean, website. Mobile is the internet. Yeah. I mean, we, yeah. you know. And to be fair, we're selling commodity product. Mm-hmm. You don't even see pictures of an aircraft. You know, an airplane is. Right. You know your destination. It's made for mobile. Is there is there anything you mentioned ancillary service? Is there anything that Ryanair doesn't have an ambition to sell through uh, its website? Even that term, the Amazon. Yeah, Amazon sells everything, almost everything. That is that is the vision, I suppose. And to be fair, and we're struggling ourselves this one. We are very good at selling the obvious. We know everybody needs a train, they need cars, they need rooms, all type of stuff. What we don't know is what we don't know. Are we actually what we've built? You know, the actual platform is a whole bunch of APIs. We want developers to come out and code against what we have, and give us products you haven't thought of. Like I will give back the example, like so, Uber and Airbnb. Right now, every hundred years, we never think of selling people a couch in a room. Yet it's ideal for a low cost traveler. So, mm. what else is out there? What other ideas? Uber being the same, and it's almost like kind of a startup. Like if you got a good idea and get onto our platform and get a space there, you know in a week if it's going to work or not. Yeah. You'll have a 20 million people who are seeing it and you'll have a product or you want a product. So getting into that space and finding those networks is part of our Amazon for travel story. And again, like, don't come to saying, you know, rooms. We already have rooms. Yeah, We yeah. already have cars. It's the other bits and pieces. And like, people ask, for example, like the product idea, <clears throat> Ryan passenger checks in, checks in golf clubs, flying to Malaga. I'm assuming that person would love to have a golf-related product or experience when they arrive in Malaga. Mm-hmm. Like Ryanair is not going to create all those across all the... Mm. All the networks, but maybe I mean, local industries can. I'm yep. looking at um, you mentioned Airbnb. There are local companies in Ireland, for example. One of them I had to look it up there uh, while you were talking. It's called Homestay. It's a it's a local. Yep. It's an Irish. You, you know, I Homestay. Know very good, yeah. yeah. I mean, companies like that would be, in theory, rather than having to build up your own thing, you just buy it. You could just buy a company like that, and that has already probably 100,000 people using it and, and, and scale it, something like that. I mean, is that the kind of, I'm not talking about homestay now, but. Yeah, yeah, I understand. I suppose, yes, that is possible. Um, you look at the travel industry or the accommodation industry, what do we feel? There are a lot of these are overvalued. Mm. Like even the value of Uber or Airbnb, you think about actually look at the money they're mm. making every year versus all the value on a potential growth over, over the next 15 years. It's bonkers. Mm. Like booking.com are valued and they're an established company of mm. 60 odd billion euros. Yeah. And they, have, they don't own a brick. Yeah. It just but how do you, you value you a company like that? I mean, Spotify has just gone through an IPO. Uh, it actually, uh, it, it kind of is now trading above its share price worth $26 billion. I think that's mm. its valuation. Of course, by the way, the house always wins. So Sony, Warner and Universal end up with a billion or $2 billion each from it. But And that, does, that makes a loss. Spotify actually makes a loss. It doesn't yeah. even make any money. 
But these other uh, company companies, uh, it's it's a bet on the future, isn't it? Yes, it's so, potential growth. So you're saying it's bonk, the valuations are bonkers, but does that mean then that one has to wait for a downturn for those valuations to fall before, you know, a, a company like with Ryanair's sensibilities uh, thinks about pursuing that kind of a thing because it's not it's not a venture capital uh, yeah. organization, uh, obviously. Um, or how do you get over that hump about the valuations because they're always going to be highly valued? It's back to, I suppose, a journey we have to go on as a company. We are always in for the value. We always bought our aircraft when there was a downturn in the economy, get the value. We'd be known to sit and wait for that to happen. I would say the same happening in IT. But one small difference in IT, like compared to aircraft, we can't build aircraft. Yeah. Yet we can build a rooms product that's similar to Booking.com. Mm -hmm. You can now get the exact same rooms in Ryanair that you can get at Booking.com. So why would you spend 64 billion buying them? You can do it yourself. Technology is great. It just needs a bunch of smart guys and enough time and they can replicate it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Especially, you know, so nothing is uncopyable. What we have is unique is because of the volume of traffic coming to our website, we have eyes and ears. So if the product is good and makes sense, it will work. The and other, that's kind of how we look at these bigger pictures. The other part of the Amazon for of travel story that I find interesting, I know Kenny, I, I spoke to Kenny Jacobs before about this. He's the marketing officer. Yeah, in yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's brought a lot of those, these ideas to the airline, I think. But uh, I know he was talking at the time um, about where Ryanair, you, you can go in and book on the Ryanair app uh, a Lufthansa flight, a Qantas flight. You can't do it at the moment. Correct. But maybe, uh, I think he was talking about 2024, um, you know, a few years down the line. And you've already kind of started that in, with Air Europa down yep. in that is part, Madrid. That's part of the vision exactly what we've done with Air Europa. Um, we're obviously trying to, having conversations with our lingus for yeah. connecting flights. So yes, those conversations are opening up. Uh, would are. you be part of those conversations? Because I know one of the issues there is trying to get the two computer systems to talk to each other. With Aer Lingus per se, yes, yeah, I'm involved in those conversations. That is the problem. Which yeah. We have Aer Lingus' system is built on a ticket-based system in the old, you know, handwritten, handwritten. Ours were came to the game much later. We were able to leapfrog all that. We're ticketless. Yeah. Mm. And just a, it's a different different concept. We are, we are very, very close. I think technology-wise now we're, 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 right, we're in a good place. It's just getting the final commercials taken care of and pushing forward. And so the vision there, correct me if I'm wrong here, is somebody is... Uh, wants to say travel transatlantic and they're based in Italy or Frankfurt yeah. and using the same booking system they can uh, fly from Ryanair to Dublin and take the, the Aer Lingus flight from uh, Dublin, Dublin to New York, to New York in exactly. the same booking process. Same booking process. The travel experience was slightly different. You take your bag off the aircraft right. and you walk back so you on. You can't check it through. It's not checking through. That would be another technology hurdle we might tackle in mm -hmm. the future mm -hmm. once we... Um, Make sure it's a product there for us. Yeah. Again, we need to your attitude, keep it simple, mm -hmm. see if it works, and then you expand it out. Does that anticipate Dublin as a hub, a natural hub? And does that mean that yeah. Dublin becomes this? Because we're, I'm, the example I gave was uh, uh, transatlantic there, and Ryanair is still based in Dublin. So wouldn't Dublin be the natural hub to try and connect for transatlantic? Yeah. Dublin has, has, has a phenomenal product. You clear immigration going transatlantic. Mm -hmm. It's a much better process. If you're, for example, even living, don't mind Italy, you're living in Newcastle, mm -hmm. you fly to Dublin, clear immigration, you fly across, arrive in JFK, and getting a taxi 10 minutes later. Yeah. Or you fly from Newcastle down to Heathrow, mm -hmm. have a nightmare of an hour and a half find, trying to get through the entire system, land in JFK, enjoy join a queue for an hour afterwards. Mm -hmm. Dublin has a phenomenal product and it's tapping into that. Ryanair and Aer Lingus have that fabulous product with their transatlantic flights. And if we have 90 flights into 
into Dublin from mm. all over Europe. Mm. So together, it makes perfect sense. But it's is that the thinking, or or is it is it location agnostic as to where those connections happen from from Reiner's point of view? We're location agnostic. Yeah, we okay. don't see Dublin as our hub. It's eight percent of our traffic is Irish based these days. We're we're pan we're pan European, um, but it just happens to be Aer Lingus has a fabulous product. Mm -hmm. For transatlantic, mm -hmm. you can't get anywhere else in Europe, so that would be a natural. And they have Wi-Fi. Sometimes I've, I fly uh, British Airways or uh, 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 across the Atlantic, mm -hmm. and it drives me absolutely bonkers uh, that they've no they've no connectivity at all. And uh, so just counselling for us, by the way, you know what? What's that? Do counselling. <laughs> this is my counselling, John. This podcast <laughs> is my counselling. Um, by the way, you mentioned Kenny Jacobs there. He he was talking about this at the Web Summit uh, in Lisbon uh, last November, and uh, on a completely shallow point, um, I noticed that um, there is a kind of a uniform among airline executives, uh, and it's not a million miles. It's kind of somewhere between a VC uniform and a telecoms uniform. And what I'm talking about here, so Kenny at the time, he was wearing a pair of blue jeans, slightly faded, kind of brown, pointy, shiny shoes, a kind of a shirt, like a Lacoste shirt or a Ralph Lauren polo shirt and a jacket. He was just missing the sunglasses on the top of his head. Michael O'Leary has a similar type of look in general, in general. He's, he's like slightly more formal, maybe a, a a smart blazer, maybe. Wait, is it though? Is it's it though? Become a fashion show now, was it? it has, no, yeah. but it, no, but I, no. This is. I I did preface this yeah. by saying this is my own shallow kind of kind thing. Of I I, I kind of I'm slightly fascinated by the uniforms in in different uh, industries. I thought, by the way, that Michael had. I had heard that um, there was a rule that when that you had to leave your tie at the door or something. That's when going, correct. Yeah. Is that correct? Is that yeah, still yeah. correct? You yeah. still have to leave it your tie at the well, door. Well, it's not mandatory, but right. It's a it's a casual environment. Yeah. People who wear jeans are comfortable. You can wear paper pants you want. There's yeah. no rules. You must wear a uniform. You just just was was comfortable. And they'll and and what I'm saying is that there's even within that there still is a uni uniform in this industry and other industries. And the uniform there seems to be, if you're an executive, so never a t-shirt. Yes, even if you're fair. comfortable in it, mm -hmm. um, it has to be a long-sleeved shirt that you roll up to the elbow, <laughs> right? Oh, sorry, John. Um, <laughs> jeans. Um, shoes, never, rarely runners, not in an executive position. Okay, you're wearing runners, but this is your day off and you're... you're He's also on the tech side. So you're also on the tech side. There's a little bit more. of liberty there. Yeah, yeah. And sunglasses on their head are still and a nod back to the sort of the golfing BMW, blah, 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 you know, all that aesthetic. Now, by contrast, the VC aesthetic is is now gotten very, very preppy. It's short shirts now. You're not really allowed to wear a long shirt anymore. You have to wear one of those sleeveless puffer jackets. Uh, you also you're, you wear jeans, but they have to be very expensive jeans. No bags, no crinkles like you and me. Yeah. Uh, and it has to be sort of deck shoes. And you're allowed to have the uh, uh, the the sunglasses. Whereas in the Web Summit crowd, you're not really allowed to wear a shirt at all. If you turn up with, uh, wearing a shirt, people will assume you're either in marketing or you're in finance. Mm -hmm. You have to wear a t-shirt, and you probably have to wear uh, runners um, uh, uh, runners as well. Um, I could go on. Um, <laughs> About the Wecker fashion about this show, a lot. Uh, no, no, this is ten years um, observing this. The funny yeah. thing is, telecoms actually, telecoms is, telecoms and retail are very, very similar executive uh, sartorial sensibilities. So it tends to be like Tesco. A Tesco executive looks almost exactly the same as a Vodafone executive. They wear a sort of a dark blue, off the rack uh, suit, always a suit. They wear a shirt but no tie because they're still transitioning to the aviation executive look. Okay, right. Uh, no tie, and they'll wear kind of, they're always filthy shoes. The shoes are always filthy in retail and telecoms. I don't know why. 
uh, unless you're a female uh, um, uh, telecoms executive, of which there are many in Ireland. Maybe in telecoms, it's about trying to get the national broke. Brand planned or walking around a lot of fields around oh, the country. With filthy shoes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's that's possible. But um, anyway, this is really important to our discussion, yeah, isn't it? Of course. Just thinking of other airline sectors I know, they don't they all wear suits. Like I think Ryanair would be different. And Willie to be Walsh. fair to Michael, he's always worn I uh, know, isn't Willie Nosh not Will Wash not drifting now towards the Ryanair? Yeah, uh, he tends not to wear a tie aesthetic. from what I've seen. And he shaved his head that time, a la Grant from EastEnders. Yeah. Yeah, but he will wear. He wears a suit. He wears a suit. Yes, tends yeah. not to and Carson Spore from the Thans definitely wears a suit. Yeah, ah, yeah but they're the, more the Germans. Yep, they're aviation executives. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's and then you move to Japan and China and it's it's very formal. There's no such thing as um, hanging out in jeans. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they've heard of jeans. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else do we have here? Um, do you want to talk about the iPad? I got a yeah, yeah. I got an iPad yeah. in front of me. We were I was over in, in London yesterday, and I saved this. I've ripped the little bit of the plastic here, but I've actually saved the unboxing for this podcast just exciting. to see uh, what you guys would think. Actually, do you know what, John? You can open it. There you go. So this is Apple's new 2018 sixth generation uh, iPad. Um, it's actually a fairly bog standard iPad. It's supposed to be almost exactly the same as last year's iPad, with the exception that you can now use the Apple Pencil with it. Do you use any of that kind of stuff at all? Do you use um, Doodle on screens? I actually have a Surface Pro in the office. Ah, of so course. I take notes on it. Windows. Very, very nice. Yeah. yeah, actually, I'm a Mac head at home, but work, oh, yeah. is, work is PC. I just Outlook, Excel, all works better. It's more seamless yeah. that way. Jeez, I'm very bad opening boxes, you can all no, tell. You did a pretty yeah. good job there. Did I well, okay. it looks just like people who can't see it. Like so a regular what are you iPad. seeing? Describe what you're seeing. I'm seeing a black rectangular square. That's amazing. <laughs> Revolutionary. Yes, yes. See, my job, I'm not a marketing expert. Here, I'll get that back to you. You can keep going. What, you give me the iPad? Yep. <laughs> uh, this is the first time now I'm <clears throat> seeing this out of the box. It, Folks, it is exactly the same as last year's iPad. Um, but by the way, that is, a, that is a good thing, isn't it? Because can you actually name any other tablets that cost under, say, 400 euro? Can you, can you name check any? You probably can, John. Going to say the um, Samsung A6, but that might be more than 400. Yeah, there are almost there are actually very few now. Yeah. Uh, 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 Apple ha has basically cornered the, uh, the tablet market. And uh, even the A6 is not great. It's a glorified phone. Yeah, Android tablets. Nobody makes yeah. apps anymore for Android tablets. Correct. And you mentioned the Surface. Uh, Microsoft um, this is the Surface Pro that you Surface have. Surface Pro, yeah. Yeah, and that's fine as a laptop, but you. But I can't get any apps really anymore for Windows. Very few, anyway. No, few. Netflix is probably the only app I ever use on it. Yeah. To be honest with you. Yeah. But so it's a very mobile device. Yeah. Great for scripting notes on in meetings, uh -huh. Uh -huh. and you know that's what's used for it. So I think As an uh, Android fan, I I think the Note, the Note maybe is the Samsung Galaxy Note. The Samsung Galaxy Great Note phone. is, and, and maybe it it is so good that mm -hmm. you don't need uh, a tablet. That's fair. Well, that's happening. Tablets are getting smaller and phones are getting bigger. They're kind yeah. of the phablet kind of model is kind of yeah. I have um, in my hand here uh, Huawei, pronounced Huawei. We finally figured out how to pronounce their brand name. Um, they have a new phone called the P20 Pro, and I got it last week in Paris, and it has three cameras on the back. But to your point about the screen, it has a 6.1 inch screen, and yeah, I'm I'm kind of if I could fit a keyboard onto this thing. Um, I think it would suffice in a lot of instances. But are you one of these techie guys in a big company that wishes we were all still using Blackberries? Is there a oh, lot no, of those no, guys? No, no, You're not? no, okay. no. I can't stand the Blackberry. Really? I love it when I first got it, but it was yeah. such a revolutionary, but it's just, 
doesn't work you anymore. I think you're just about under that age threshold because there's a kind of an age threshold. If you're kind of a, I have to say, a man of a certain age in IT, you rue the day that the BlackBerry of the demise of the BlackBerry. You missed the buttons. Uh -huh. You missed the physical button, is it? You missed the physical buttons and you don't see what all the ha all the fuss is over all these apps, you know? Yeah. And and, and older again, you miss the Nokias. But I think that crowd now is, I think they're... Starting to retire. They're starting to retire. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would but, have thought Ryanair went from being a, a Nokia-style airline to... Uh, I, I, direct well, iPhone 10. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're not would iPhone you, 10. No. Would you be iPhone <laughs> or Android? Probably Android, maybe As a company, slightly edgy and... Culture-wise, yes, definitely more Android than yeah. the polished Apple premium brand. We more kind of all things to all people, which are mm -hmm. more customizable. Yeah, yeah. more apps, more yeah, it's a much better device. The Android is, yeah. Oh, as we are. I don't know. I mean, I'm neutral. I am genuinely neutral. I, I have both. Um, I in front of me, I have an iPhone 10 and this superb new uh, Huawei P20. But um, you know, the iPhone. You talk about apps. There is a bit of a problem with some Android apps, I would have to say, um, in, in terms of security and viruses and all that kind of stuff. Um, not the Ryanair app, of course, which of course, is yeah. rock solid, right? Indeed. Yeah. Thank you, yeah. Um, so what else? What else? What else? Kind of, you're in here, Fergal. What, uh, what, what do we want to know about Ryanair before you let John go? Um, what do we do? You, what uh, you're building up all this technology in the background and you're you're going to be able to book airlines across the world and do all this stuff. Are you going to have to build a data center at some point? That's a good question. Great question, actually. We currently actually have a website spread across three data centers across Europe for redundancy, and we're actually moving it all to the cloud, moving on to Amazon. So that will be it. Like, we're not experts at building aircraft or building hardware. Mm -hmm. We utilize services that are there, any Amazon fit, fits our needs. Yeah. So we have that. I think your kind of question is more about the data we have in hardware story. That, will get, that is getting stored in Amazon with it. And then if it the, B, the data team or the BI team to keep changing their titles depending on the day of the week. Um, their job then is to use that data and actually present it and give customers better options and better priorities and better offerings yeah. to suit them the best. Mm. And that's where we're bringing it to and that's going to be, it's actually going to be a very exciting future. Get away from this. You made a comment before about, you know, you saw seven screens mm. to make your booking. As you get more advanced, it'll be a lot less. We will recognize that you're a business traveler, you're often back in the same days. So you won't be offering you a car or a hotel room. You know, it mm. gets, gets better and gets smarter. And that's the next phase, next evolution. So AI, machine learning. Oh, it's all there, yeah. yeah. All and the, they are all the best buzzwords. They are today. buzzwords, but and we are using them. And the data is very important. We use them in such a way that it helps the customer enjoy the experience to come back and use it again. Not to exploit you and have you have a nasty taste and not come back and mm -hmm. do the way, other way around. Like data is very important to us. Data privacy is very important to us. All has to be anonymized. But at the same time, there are certain traits. We know if you're a weekend traveler, you know, if you're flying Friday back and Sunday, you're going with a companion. They have different, they have different mindset and different journey through the website. Mm -hmm. And recognizing that and then giving them different offers and different packages, it's, it's where we're going to bring it to next. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And in terms of the GDPR coming in, yep. the G General Data uh, Protection Reckon. Regulation uh, in May, in terms of all the legacy data that you might have of from customers, is that going to create a headache in terms of having to uh, send out emails to people or something, asking them to opt in for to be able to retain or use their information in certain ways? Yeah, I suppose GDPR is not new. We've been aware of it. We've working with the Data Protection Office, Helen Dixon, her team for a number of years. So this is mm -hmm. more of an evolution rather than a revolution. It's kind of more, more incremental. We have good policies in place about opting in and opting out. And that is okay. Some of the data we have, we actually have to keep regardless mm -hmm. for regulatory reasons. You know, 
someone flight from me to be three years ago. We actually have legal obligations to store this data. So we're transparent about all that. I think it's going to cause a lot of excitement on 25th of May. There's going to be lots of queries coming in. It could be an influx, guys, telling you all the data you have. It'll get very boring very fast and it'll go back to business as usual. Mm. But it is a good thing. Transparency is important and it's good. That but do you actually physically have to, or digitally, have to send out emails to people who have flown Ryanair before who might have opted in? Well, if they opted in, then I suppose they'd be Opt okay. There's no issue. And we yeah. do contact you on a regular basis. And you always have the option to unsubscribe. Yeah. So we have that. But let's say somebody had was on your database for something, and at the time the regulatory climate was that it was an opt-out system, and that was mm -hmm. the climate at the time. Do you now have to go and email those people and say, by the way, we have this on you. You have to. Well, we see, that's permission. what I was saying before. This is not new news to us. Mm. The opt-out was turned off a long time ago, and again, it was the RTA Commission that encourages us to do that every four GDRP came in. So it is an opt. It is an opt. It is an opt-in. Um, Will we have to do more tweaking or probably? But that's not a problem for us. Mm. Like we already email people on a regular basis. We have a good email open rate. You have to read our email because otherwise you don't get your itinerary. So it's very easy to communicate a message to people. Any changes are going to happen. Mm -hmm. Last question. Um, yeah. You're out in Swords uh, in County Dublin. And I've seen, I've never been out, out to the building, but I've seen pictures of it. There's lots of multicolours. There's a bit yeah. of a Google vibe a going on. What? There's a slide. Is there an actual slide? There's a slide, slide yeah, in reception. Really cool. Yeah. yeah. From the first, second floor down it's to the ground floor. Would anyone dare to actually, would anyone dare to take the slide on that slide, would they? Oh yeah, I'd do it once a week. Okay. That's why we wear jeans. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't do it in a suit and trousers, you'll go, you'll go too fast, but it's a good slide. Okay. Yeah, it is, it's a vibrant, it's bright, I suppose it has a google type vibe, but not the, not the bean bags and all the extra layer. But the slide. Slide's there, slide's fun, but it still is a work hard environment, but it's a nice pleasant environment to work hard in and that's... There weren't pilots to pushed down the slide in recent <laughs> months, were there? Not a warrant, no. Okay, well, listen, thanks so much for coming in to talk to us. Uh, John Hurley, who is the Chief Technology Officer with uh, Ryanair. We didn't even really get to talk about your former career in Houghton Mifflin Harcourt, the publisher. Uh, and also to Fergal O'Connor, who's the Deputy Business Editor in the Sunday Independent. Uh, if you like this podcast, please do rate it or leave a, a comment, particularly on iTunes, because that's how people uh, find out about the podcast. But for me, Adrian Weckler, uh, I'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.